Today we got Truth Social hanging on by a thread. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm being dramatic. We have Neon Dion and the Colorado Fever sweeping the nation. Coach Prime, aka CEO Prime. Yes, Prime CEO time. Prime. And then we got an interaction between a man and a transgender man coming out of a bathroom that's going viral. Interesting. That uh, we need to talk about just as men, as parents, as entrepreneurs. But first, we have an unofficial announcement. Uh, our unofficial sponsor for this episode, Celsius. Let's go. Energy drink. Yep. But in this partnership, we have excluded the kiwi guava flavor. Oh, uh, <laughs> cold-blooded. <laughs> kiwi guava is the greatest flavor of Celsius there is. Uh, it takes me back to my childhood of drinking Kern's juice. Mm. Um, some of you may not know that, but if you're a millennial listening to this pod, you know what Kern's juice is and, uh, yeah, the guava was always the best. So, so we're proud to announce that they're the unofficial. Yep. They don't know it yet, but they're sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're going to jump into this, uh, truth social gets a lifeline article. I have two articles actually split in one, but I'm going to dig into the one that I think does a better job. It comes from the Western journal. And is written by Warner Todd Huston or Houston. Donald Trump may be one of the biggest politicians on the scene, but some of the most virulent supporters of any of them. Yet even he has trouble keeping his Twitter-like truth social in the black. But a new vote among shareholders has handed Trump's social media company a big victory and bought it back from the precipice. Truth Social has been working to go public so that private people can invest in the company, but has been experiencing some troubles getting the deal done. On Tuesday... Uh, last Tuesday, social media, the social media group faced a crucial vote that could have spelled doom if it went wrong. The merger of Trump Media and Technology Group and Miami-based special purpose acquisition company, Digital World Acquisition Corporation, they essentially faced a vote, right? And either shareholders were to vote to extend the deadline to um, sort of Acquire. give lifeline, yeah, yeah. To, to allow it to come together, or they would be forced, DWAC would be forced to liquidate and return 30, $300 million it raised from uh, its shareholders. Ultimately, this is going through the deal and different aspects of it. Uh, but the reason why I bring this up is because comparatively, the social media site, True Social, has about 10 million visits, according to web traffic. But X has about 6.5 billion visits. Yep. And Facebook has 17.4 billion. So in the grand scheme of things, True Social is small, a baby boy. Um, Forbes also noted that Troop Social has lost value. We estimated Trump's net worth at $2.5 billion in April has fallen roughly $700 million from last fall, largely due to the website. And so my question to you, my guy, is Trump, the star, the polarizing <laughs> 80-plus million vote getter, is barely cracking between 2 and 10 million visitors on this platform. Why do you think this platform isn't taking off? Because he did it for the wrong reasons. Mm. He did it as like a, a blowback at uh, the other competitors that weren't letting him play the way that he wanted to. Mm-hmm. But the the passion, desire around building an incredible social media platform, I don't think is actually there. Mm-hmm. And so the way that they did it is they leveraged some of the tailwinds of what was going on with their people. They launched the platform. And then they're trying to take it public by way of a SPAC a special purpose acquisition company, yep. also called a blank check company, mm-hmm. where essentially the company is formed, the money is raised, and then they acquire a company. And once it gets acquired, it, it, it uh, automatically becomes public right. effectively. And so, um, 
you know, you just because you can start a company and raise a bunch of money doesn't necessarily mean you have the juju necessary in order to uh, grow a social media company. And Correct. so, I, you know, I, I feel like um, it was just done for the wrong reasons. Mm. And uh, and because of that, it'll it'll continue to struggle versus like what Elon did where he said, how about I just go buy a company and then because I own a company that already has the reach, I can then adjust it to make it better and effectively get to the same place, right? So yeah. it's, um, you know, it's, it's no different than buying a, an established company well, versus, to say that, versus yeah. doing a startup like we're, what we're doing at clearlyacquired.com. Right. And so, um, yeah. Well, well, here's what I want to present. Thought. Well, here's what I want to present is, so for the, entre- the millennial entrepreneur out there, uh, you know, they're looking at, I have this idea or I'm going to buy this business. How would you begin to, you know, you got Trump and his team in the room and he's, he's giving you the floor. I wish I could do a Trump impersonation because I, I would can. totally do it right now. Uh, but he's got you there. He's got us there in the room and he's saying, help us. How do you think about tackling that, that, that little lack of product market fit? Um, I don't even know if it's a lack of product market fit. I think it's a lack of, it's like the way that it was done, right? It was leveraging high debt and raising yeah. money in order to bring the platform to life yeah. versus, hey, we have a, a product and not only do we have product market fit, but it's profitable. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to go raise money. Now we're going to go take it public via SPAC or something like that. And so yeah. you, you just always have a gun to your head um, because there's this ticking time bomb, which is accruing debt that's coming due. And so, or a deal that needs to happen for in sure. order for this thing to go. For sure. And so it forces you into making decisions that you probably shouldn't. I heard a great podcast with the founder of ButcherBox, who actually was pre- previously a successful yep. startup entrepreneur, took a bunch of money. That story got sold to those investors. They kept pushing forward, even though he knew he should have slowed down and his previous company blew up. So when he started ButcherBox, he said, we're not taking any investors. We're going to focus on building a great product, finding product market fit and getting profitable. And then once we're profitable, we can control our own destiny. And so I don't think the reason to start a company is to like go, we're going to go get these guys. That's not a good reason to start a company. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, when the, to the point about product market fit, the only reason why I say that is because if you look at the way they're built and their stated intent and what they're doing, it's 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 to be like the other platforms. Mm. And so it's but it's clearly not working. So that's why I was saying it. That, that's a good point, though, because, I mean, what makes you different? Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, I, I heard something about technology in general, like we, people won't buy a new the newer version of something until they feel it's two times better. Mm-hmm. Right. Like iPhones. Right. You don't get some people do. But the mass market doesn't say, oh, I just bought the iPhone 11, so now I'm going to buy the iPhone 12, right? They're like, ah, I just bought the iPhone 11. 13 or 14 is actually better, Mm -hmm. you know? So the same concept goes for a social media platform. Um, It's kind of like the uh, first principles thinking, right? Most people think in parallels, like, oh, I'm going to do it like this. There's an example. I'll do it like that guy. But first principles is like, well, here's where the market's going. So I'm going to create this thing because I can see these two roads that are coming together. Yeah. And this is where the market is going. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of like what Elon did with well, now X.com. He's he's playing a different game than most people are not yeah. even aware of. He's five, ten steps ahead. A hundred percent. And so because he's using first principles, he's not looking at, well, this is what Twitter was and this is how Twitter should be. He's saying, but here's what it could be. Right. And this is where the market's going. And to that point, my last point here was I was thinking about the platform itself. So I went in, I went and signed up for an account. 
right? Um, just to, you know, actually go through the process, see the platform before we were going to dig into it. And there were a couple observations. One, it took me 10 steps to get started, mm. um, <clears throat> including leaving the platform, going to email as the second step. Could I sign up with my Facebook account or no. my Twitter account? <laughs> no. <laughs> so it took 10, 10 steps to get started. Um, all of the people that you have as an option to follow, like every other platform when they give you feed options, um, they were conservative right pundits, politicians, or personalities. Um, so nobody from the other side. Yep. Although advertising for the app says, hey, unbiased, no judgment, <laughs> freedom, right? Yep. Um, the whole narrative was all basically Fox News, basically. And then, but it's being positioned as having a conversation, but having an actual conversation it's not happening on the platform. Right. As I look through groups, I look through different things. I was just like, oh, there's a, they're not delivering on the promises we've been talking about. And then one thing I thought of was like, well, if you think about what it should be, Elon thinking about instead what it could be, I'm like, Trump has 80 million plus supporters on, on this, in this country. Right. Why doesn't why he have not? 80 million users? Exactly. And so therefore, why would you not, make it so that that 80 million that love you and adhere and follow you, they don't feel like they have access to you. Right. That's why they're not on the platform. So you might want to go change that. That's smart. You know what I mean? If I could talk to Trump, hear Trump, decisions he's making, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever it might be, as opposed to the same old thing coming out from him and other people, that number will grow real quick. A dollar to be on the platform. Right. Dollar to be on the platform a month. 80 million bucks. <sighs> Let's just say two dollars. Yeah, talk about <laughs> talk about a, a campaign. Wow. Well, if you guys, uh, hey Trump team, I know you're listening. To social media paying attention. So yeah, we happy to come in and do some <laughs> consulting for you guys since the we got it all. We got it all figured out. <laughs> we know your entire business model. So in the last ten minutes, we pretty much solved it all. You can just send us a check in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news: unofficial partnership. <laughs> <laughs> unofficial con uh, social media consultants and app consultants for <laughs> Truth Social. Here. Okay. All right. So we're gonna jump to pain point two here. Deion Sanders and Buffalo Fever. I just felt like it was appropriate to say Buffalo Fever because they're literally taking over the world. You, my friend, wrote an article this morning that came yeah. out in Street Smarts yep. about Dion, um, and we're gonna get into that. But first, we're gonna look at one clip. Um, a gentleman named Brian Dodd, who's a leadership, uh, he's a leadership expert. He's spent the last 20 years surveying some of the top leaders in culture, uh, the church and business. And um, he's based out of Georgia, but he had a great article where he pulled up the first pregame speech to their first game that they went out and won against the national runner up. And he pulled eight lessons from it. We'll dig into the eight lessons. And then I want to dig into your article. Uh, I just want to hear your thoughts because I know that's, that's fresh at the top of your mind. Yeah. Um, analyzing from the perspective of a CEO versus a coach. Um, so we'll check out this speech. Usually God gave me a word long before this, but he's been holding it. Because it's not about them. This is about us. This has nothing to do with the team that's opposing us. This is about us. This ain't got nothing to do with the naysayers, the, the unbelievers, the haters, the doubters. This is about us. When we started this journey, we told you it was going to be trying, it was going to be tough, but you endured because it's about us. That man next to you is a miracle. That man next to you is a believer. That man next to you is a go-getter. 
That man next to you is a dog. That man next to you is somebody who wants this thing. That man next to you is somebody who believes. That man next to you is somebody that got to have it today. We ain't got tomorrow. We got now. We ain't got next. We got now. We ain't coming no more. We Cole and I were listening C Rock and I were listening to that behind the scenes and C Rock was like, that's hard. <laughs> so so uh, So one thing to note about that, which I think is great, which is a good business business lesson, is too often in business we focus on the competition. Mm -hmm. And um, I definitely subscribe to the idea that business is an infinite game, not a finite game. Correct. Right. So there are no winners and losers. The only rule of the game is to keep the game going. Right. And people will come and go from the game. Just when you think you got the rules figured out, the rules will change. Hmm. And so the truth is when you focus on the competition, you're not focusing on your own game, which distracts you. But if you're focused on your customer, you're focused on your culture, you're focused on building a better, just being better as a whole, as a unit, then you are winning at the game. Just because somebody maybe is further along than you mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're losing. It just means they're further ahead, right? And so that's the that whole speech that he just gave is the perfect approach where most people think about sports specifically as a, it's me versus them. But really, it's you versus the whole entire game as a, as a whole. Like right. Nobody saw CU as a, even a contender this year. You know, now they're 18 as of this morning, right? right? So they went from... Nothing to 22 to 18. Um, and if they win this week, they'll probably bump up a little bit because they're playing CSU. Right. And then if they go win against Oregon, they go win against USC, then That's wrap. they'll be probably top 10 because yeah. um, USC is legit right. this year. Um, so it'll be a real test for them. Well, and their conference is insane this year, actually. Yeah, they exactly. five teams in the top 20. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, But what we're actually watching with Coach Prime – you know, everybody sees him as a head coach, but there's some lessons that we can learn as entrepreneurs about becoming better CEOs. Yeah. And the very first thing that I just noticed about what he did was he set the culture. And what I mean by that is the transfer portal within college sports now has changed the game. Because in the old days, if you came in and you just kicked out all your old teammates, you didn't have a team, right? It would be really hard for you to recover from that from a recruiting standpoint. Correct. But by way of the transfer portal, it's like the new LinkedIn Absolutely. of job recruiting, right? So everybody's up there with their resume and their stats, and you can enter the portal, and you can quickly get transfers. And so that's a lot more like how the professional world works. That's different. College football has never been like that no. before. So he said, <clears throat> knowing if you watch every program that's ever had a coach come mm. in and take over, it takes, call it, call it three to five years. And they always say, it's like, oh, it's not his guys, right? Well, he, Coach Prime already knew that. So he said, I'm just going to get all the people who aren't my guys out. I got to get the bad culture out, the people who don't subscribe to my thesis, who are maybe here that shouldn't be here. I got to get them out, and I got to get believers in. And that includes coaches, and that includes people on the team. Then the next part was just right person, right seat. There's a lot of people that were on that team that were just yeah. there because they couldn't fill somebody better in the seat. So then he started moving people around, right, and like you know, getting people like Travis Hunter who plays both ways, right? and getting the right people in the right seat. 
Um, you know, and then he's very, you'll see him, he's just constantly talking about the mission, right? Vision, right? Yep. Um, and so what we're actually watching is the greatest corporate takeover <laughs> in history, in most recent history anyways, is, you know, he, he, just like if you went and you bought a business and you needed to overhaul it, like look what Elon did with Twitter. Right. People thought he was crazy laying people off of us and raise. Like we got a bloated staff. We don't need this many people. You guys aren't believers. You hate my guts. You're exactly what the problem is. See ya, right? It's exactly what Coach Prime did, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then he's unabashedly himself, right? And and he's a great marketer. And he understands that marketing and brand gets the fans involved. It sells tickets. Tickets mean more hype, more belief from the the community, which is super important. But then more importantly, the the recruiting aspect of it. The recruiting like, aspect, the way the players feel about themselves being a part of the environment. 100%. I mean, just like me, I get envious watching saying, right. I wish Coach Prime was my coach when I was there. Right. right? And and so the the dude is incredible. I mean, in terms of what he's doing. He he is the first, I would say, influencer coach that we have ever seen. There's some good head coaches who have influence, influence. but the dude is an influencer. Nobody has his social media presence or his subscribers. Like he's got like 3 million subs on Instagram or something like that. Like it's crazy. We've never, ever seen this before. And so it goes back to what we're always talking about on here is the importance of building platform, the importance of building brand, right. the importance of being authentically you. We got this Christian head coach talking about God and, and faith in Boulder. Which is one of the most you don't liberal. Know it's one of the most <laughs> liberal cities in the entire country. Correct, especially as it relates to a school. Right, um, maybe not as bad as like San Francisco or something, but it's like it's you know it's pretty yeah. intense. I, I know as somebody who went there, and it's only gotten stronger over the years. And the very first thing that they tried to do was kibosh him uh-huh. because he was openly talking about his faith. And you know what? You know what you can't stop is when the average Nebraska ticket is going for $400 and it's 50 seats, 53,000 people in that stadium and they sell it out. That's 21 million bucks. People don't care that he is authentically himself. They care that he's winning. And so a lot of people are just too afraid to speak what they actually mean because they're afraid of getting canceled. Mm -hmm. And so that's my take on it. I I I, think I, I love it. I love it. I mean, it's actually... So respectfully, Brian Dodd, we're not even really going to go into your article. I'm sorry, <laughs> but he did. He, that was the first point he led with was that Dion leads from a biblical worldview, um, and that shapes his leadership. Correct. Um, and because for, for him, it's not just about great players; it's about great humans, mm-hmm. great men. Mm-hmm. And so there were a couple other points. He did say courageous leaders call people to sacrifice. So Dion has called these guys consistently to sacrifice, to sacrifice for each other. Um, and he's a leader who's willing to pay a price that others aren't willing to pay. So I'll step front and center yep. for you guys, you know, as we do this together. But I'll, I don't mind taking the heat. Right. You know, I don't mind doing that. Um, great communicators build people up and bring out the best in them. Winning teams have a sense of urgency. Hence, in the video, he said, we ain't got tomorrow. We got right now. We ain't got next. We got right now. We here. We ain't coming no more. We here. here. <laughs> <Let's Right? go. laughs> and, then, uh, and then lastly, which is a great point, he says, the first responsibility of leadership is culture building. And he has in all caps, give me my theme music. Yeah. So, so it he is. Is it, he's bringing swag back to Colorado. So I, I got to play for Darren Hagen. Mm-hmm. Darren Hagen was a part of the 90s team that 
went to the national championship or like the team in CU history under Coach Mack. I mean, unbelievable. And when you watch those guys play, like those dudes had swagger. Like Darian, hey, Darian, if you're listening to this, I'm going to send you this pod because he was my coach. Uh, he had Jerry Curl. You know, he was rocking <laughs> the hat looking like NWA out there. Uh, these dudes just had swagger. You know, Rasham Salam, like yeah, all those guys. Remember, yeah. Cordell Stewart came out of there. And so, um, yeah, I've just – the chair. Did you see the chair on the sidelines? Oh, they have a king's chair, <laughs> gold and black. And when somebody makes a good play, they go sit in the chair and they, like, hold the ball mm. over their head. And all the, all the dogs are around them, hyping them up. That's culture, right? Yeah. That's – you can't you can't, can't fake that. Can't fake that. No. Yeah. Those those guys are having fun winning and winning is becoming a part of their culture. Before we pivot, that's an interesting note thinking about the last 4 years in college football. Last 4 or 5 years, we've seen the turnover chain, things like that pop up all over again. Yep. But what's interesting is I didn't know that Ted bit of culture and so you see, oh, the truth cycles around of yep. what's effective in achieving an outcome within a game. Yep. Um, whether it be infinite or finite. Yeah, and, 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 and real, realistically, the game that he's playing is I'm bringing back right. Colorado sports and athletics and football to the premier status that they once were. Right. So that, that doesn't – you don't just do that for a season or no. a game. No. Right? It's a culture within – you know, it's like it's one of the things why Oregon was so dominant for so long, right? Or it's why Alabama has been so dominant for so long. Right? Yeah. So – which is interesting because he's doing that, but you also know that one of the primary goals that he's demonstrated is this desire to build up young men yep. in a culture that's continuously suppressing them. Yep. And he's not necessarily trying to change them, but he's modeling certain aspects that get their attention. Correct. Uh, it's very interesting. Very, very, it's a wonderful thing to see from an athletic standpoint when so much of the sports world is pretty toxic. Oh, so, 100%. So, okay, lastly, we, last few minutes we got left with you guys. We're going to peep out this video here. Um, what would you do in this situation? Um, it, it's not a, it's a rhetorical question, so don't answer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, check this out. A man walked into the women's bathroom at McDonald's. Been in there for like five minutes. Oh, boy. Hey. I care. I'm transgender. Okay? You're a I'm man. Tra- I'm a trans woman. You're, you're not a woman. trans woman. You're born a man. Like you. What if my daughter was in there and you walk in there? It don't matter. I'm it matters to me. I am a female. You are a man. I legally give us female. You're a man. My daughter goes into those bathrooms and no man needs to be in there. You understand me? I'm a man. You are a man. You are created as a man. You are a man. Start acting like a man. No man would say step outside. Just act like a man. You're a man. Act like one. What? What? What happened? Why? Why are you acting this way? I'm a man. So are you. No, I'm not. Then what are you? I was born intersex, dude. Because you don't know what that is. I was born with both. Everything. Sir, you're going to have a problem if you keep going into women's bathrooms. Somebody's going to do something to you. I've been I'm just telling you the truth. I've been this for years. You want to do something? Fuck outside. Yeah, I just did something. I told you the truth. Fuck outside. You go outside. You per- you're a pervert. Go away. Yeah, like you're a bear. Go away. I am a man of God. I'm a woman. I'll turn my other cheek, but I'm not afraid to tell you the truth. I'm not afraid to tell you the truth. 
Sir, you All right, so there's another minute or so, but we don't need to play it. But there was a couple things that where I'm going with this question. So he says, you want to do something about it? He says, I did do something about it. I told you the truth. Mm. And then he says, I will turn the other cheek, but I'm going to tell you the truth nonetheless. And what I wanted to close with is just, you know, there's many of us are parents out there and not even the, the, uh, the parental issue of like with our children going in public spaces, but I'm thinking just as American citizens, how do we begin to, this might be next week's pain point too, but how do we begin to have this conversation when it's like, you want me to entertain a lie, something that you and I both know is not true. Now I get your proclivities and affections and desires and interests, but how do we as entrepreneurs, as fathers, as parents, as community people, um, how do we engage with something that's inherently a lie? And it may be not the right time to bring this up, but I, I was really fascinated by this because this man just said, I'm just going to do something. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I don't know, man. I mean, I think from an entrepreneur seat, um, you know, I think it's just important to lead with your core values. Right. right? And so that solves a lot of issues. Right. Right. By it's why we're talking about it on the podcast. 100%. If that offends you, no problem. No problem. Like, you don't have to work for me. There's plenty of places where you can work. But that is the truth. And if that bothers you, I'm not going to change my opinion to make you feel better about it. Just like you're not going to change yours to make me feel better about mine. Right. So that's definitely something that we can do. You you don't get, you actually don't get anywhere by trying to pretend like it doesn't exist because then those people infiltrate your company. And then they tear it down from the inside out yeah. because the core values and cultures are ultimately what drive the business forward. Um, and in our communities, you know, I think that what he did is not completely out of line to be honest with you. No, it's I mean, not, no, it's if not. you see something that's going on like that, it changed the scenario, right? Um, the scenario could be whatever, some kid getting picked on at school. Right. You know, it's the same kind of thing. You're going to step up and say, hey, what you're doing is not acceptable. Correct. Well, it's not your business. Well, it is my business, right? Because I have a responsibility for the community as a whole, which includes this person and the actions that you're doing don't align. So, um, yeah, for sure. That's how I, that's how I think about it. You can do it in a way with, with grace, you know. But the, the truth ultimately comes out in that video. Absolutely. Right? No woman would act that way. <laughs> that was a dude. Dudes and egos are what, and testosterone are what say, let's take it outside. Mm -hmm. Straight up. Straight up. Facts. So, facts. facts. It is well, what it is. Well, to that, um, I share that. I share that with us all and our listeners um, because we all have a decision we have to make. Right. We have a decision we have to make. And these one little bit of lives that we get in the time that we have in this nation. And, and it is, are you going to embrace the truth? Are you going to live and order your steps and the values within your community around the truth? And it doesn't mean like this guy, he didn't say, okay, let's go outside and let's fight it out. But he did confront him with the truth. And to the person who might not agree with you, but who might also be pursuing the truth as they believe it. Um, when you do those things together, we have the foundation for hope. We have the foundation for, 
um, safety, security, uh, wisdom, knowledge, and all of those things. So I share that with you all today um, to, to say, if you're going to do something, stand on the truth. Build your business on the truth. Lead your family on the truth. Um, order your life upon the truth. And drink orange Celsius. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we love to thank our sponsors, Celsius, <laughs> for coming through with a whole rack of yes. Celsius. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> thank you, guys. Until next time, mm -hmm. uh, peace, love, adios.